Burgers, bring cake pieces that drop onto the bakery floor. Old episodes, off the rails episodes, and out of the norm content are wrapped up and refrigerated that are still just as delicious as ever. What's up, everybody? This is Brain Cake. Uh, I'm making eye contact with two people here that you can't see. Uh, Tyler. What's up? Yeah, and then we got P. Coop, uh, head designer, uh, loan designer of Peyton Cooper Design Company. Check it out. Also designer of Outsider, which is uh, typically hanging behind uh, in the background of most of these podcasts, but there are no visuals right now. So, uh, but uh, how's it going, homeboys? It's very cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's very warm inside. Yeah. That's a uh, that's that's exactly what you need to always start a podcast with. Is talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more uh, bland to listen to yeah. than looking weather. So. That's what I was. Uh, whenever. Wait, is this is this thing censored? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. We're good. Okay. Uh, one of the one of the things me and Jimmy on the first episode that we talked about is the very first thing we started to talk about was uh, like only in the 21st century can you get stage fright without being in front of people. Like there's kind of like a bit of anxiousness because you know that it's gonna be in front of people even though you're not like in front of them right now. Yeah, it's weird because I mean. <sighs> You can go back and edit shit yeah. now, but it's it's just strange because it's like you feel like it's your one shot. Yeah. And, like, you're in complete control if it even goes out into the ether or not. Yeah. But podcasts are weird anyway just because you, you don't typically just sit down and, and talk to somebody face-to-face. Yeah. Like... Uh, it's a, it's something that's only like it's taken over radio. I think because it's a much better format, like for discussion. Mm. I mean, what like like the radio voice? What's the point of that? Yeah. Hey, it's uh, Brain Cake. This is Keegan, and we're gonna play some sweet jams for you. Michael Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Name dropping. Yeah. Fuck it. But I think everybody has that, don't they? Everybody has their local famous yeah, DJ. Yeah, their radio guy. Yeah. yeah. You guys? On the, uh, like, even it's like the serious station. It's like Casey Kasem, like everybody knows. I mean, he's dead, isn't he? Is he dead? I don't know. Just, I don't I know who Casey Kasem is. He's like Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Oh. Yeah, it's like, it's like a radio guy on like serious or something. Talking about like real life Shaggy? No, I'm like, talking about live cartoon. Action. Oh. It's the original cartoon. He was like a radio guy. I don't know. I know it was something on Sirius because I remember yeah. he was on there, but I think he died not long ago. Hmm. It's like he's... Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought he was right <laughs> Well, it's, there's like different worlds. Yeah. I mean, there's different cultures. I mean, I guess that's the thing is there are always certain people who will like transcend... Like, there's Michael Jordan transcends basketball. Casey Kasem, I guess, would transcend radio. It's I a, just don't have to know him. Up. Casey Kasem, an American disc jockey and voice actor and radio personality, 
He died in 2014. Professionalism. <laughs> right there, yeah, Shaggy Rogers and Scooby Doo. Yeah. That's uh did did his actual voice sound like Shaggy? You can hear it when you hear him talk, you can kinda hear Shaggy, yeah. Man, but it's not it's not like as distinct. Yeah. Animated, I guess. Yeah. Exaggerated. Yeah, voice acting is a weird talent. Yeah, I've always been interested in it for some I, reason. Me too. I feel like I could be a voice actor. Yeah. I know I could. I do it. too. I do, yeah, everybody feels like they can do everything until yeah. they actually get into it. It's a... Uh, I, I feel like the the problem with me wouldn't be like finding a voice for a character. Like I feel like I can I can do different voices, but like evoking emotion would be like yeah. putting emotion into That's a what line. I was, like like adding depth to that. Yeah. Emotion was the was the word that yeah. I did. Like method actors. No. Like going. I don't. I, do people method act whenever they just voice act, or is that just something only that uh. Like the actors do, because <laughs> is method acting is the one where they like change their lifestyle. Yeah, to basically become, become that the character. Yeah. yeah, I don't know because it's like it's something that you just like channel for a short period of time, and most yeah. of the time they're like, I mean, it happens in movies, but a lot of times it's like cartoons or like TV shows. A lot of times, yeah. I well, mean, I don't, I don't know though because it's like. But you look how many they play. It's yeah. like you're in, you're in this scene, you're in this movie for let's say a year or two mm. while they're shooting this. I, I don't know how long it's like to make a movie. Probably not that long, does it? I would, I would say. Longer, I would say from the beginning maybe. process, maybe to the end. Yeah. But when that happens, you have that person, you know, reads the script, gets to know this character, and starts to become that character, and then they're that person for this X amount of time. But then. Some people never get out, but you know, if you're a, let's say on on a show on you know on TV or something, yeah. you can't. It's like you you can't just live that. Yeah, yeah, life. you you couldn't be a method actor for a TV show because I mean, if you were method acting as like somebody on a like Danny Tanner, like you would if, be if Bob Saget was Danny Tanner for you know ten years or however the span of time was that he was on Full House. You would never get out he, of that. He would be insanity. And obviously Bob Saget was not Danny Tanner. No, <laughs> at all. Yeah. Bob Saget is the exact opposite. You know, Danny Tanner is like the corniest white dad. Yeah. But yeah. later in the show, I found him kind of hilarious. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's almost... Full House is like funny in a campy way, I think. Like, what what do you think's funny about him in the in the later? Well, it's it's like it's, just the ridiculousness of well, his he character. He was kind of a like he was kind of a smart ass. He, <laughs> I don't know. It's like his character changed. I feel like he was so like peppy. Yeah. In in the you know early seasons. Yeah. Which I think the early seasons were way better. Yeah. Even though they have a lot of those. Cringe moments. Oh yeah, well, that's throughout the whole series. Sit- sitcoms in general, dude. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Well, there's something you look at sitcoms. They only worked in the '90s. You, yeah. I mean, tell me a sitcom now that like works that people yeah, sit down and no. watch. Yeah. No. It don't. It happen. was something that can only work in the time that it hit. It hit at the perfect time. Yeah. And that's that's why all the good ones were from that era because 
it's just what it was. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about Danny Tanner and those early ones. I can't get past this. Yeah. He was, like I said, peppy. And, but like later on, he was just he was just kind of a smart ass. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't you? Uh, what What was that thing you said you got obsessed with there for a while? It was like some blog oh, or something. Full House Review. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a sophomore, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but. You know, me and my brother kind of grew apart because he was. We went to different high schools, and he was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. Yeah. I was playing ball. He wasn't. He was, you know, doing whatever. We didn't talk all that much, and I, I was just kind of bored. And I, like I said, I wasn't depressed. Like I wouldn't call it depression. Yeah. But it was kind of that. I think everybody hits that kind of wall as you, you know, about. About sixteen years old. Oh yeah, where definitely. They, they're confused a little bit or something. Yeah, every. I mean, you're you're so stupid at sixteen. Yeah. I mean, it's like you don't know what to do or how to react, and shit just changes. So that was like I had nothing to do, and I just watched Full House. I well, how it started <laughs> was you know when I was playing basketball, coach told me he said you gotta start sleeping. You can't start like you come to school and you're sleeping all day. Yeah. And you're dead tired at practice. Get some sleep. So yeah. I started like you know I, I didn't go to bed till three or four in the morning. Yeah. You know at least. And I I started laying down at nine o'clock every night. And Full House was always on. So I would watch. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I remember watching. So I would Full watch House. Full House until it went off. And then when it would go off, I'd put the DVDs in because I because I, I just. I just would watch them because it, yeah. it was one of those shows. Well, like it was completely bullshit. Like that's not reality at all. Yeah, it's every problem is solved. It for, for one, it's the problem. In, in twenty five minutes, the the problem is solved every time. Yeah, and the family is always back together. Nobody's emotionally damaged. Yeah, and that's so far from reality, but it gives you like this false hope, I guess. So like, yeah, I kind of was like. That kind of got me through those times, but what really got me through them was I, I was I got intrigued by the the opening shot of the house. Yeah. So when I seen that shot, I, I was I was looking on YouTube like Full House House and just looking at people going to it because I was interested, you know. Because yeah. I've always been a behind the scenes kind of guy anyway. Yeah. And I seen somebody on YouTube was talking about that blog, and I got on there, and I just read it, and I, it's just it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just because you. I, I grew up on Full House. I loved it. Yeah, I did. And too. I still like it. But it makes you realize just how terrible of a show that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredibly. I mean, uh, is, has there ever terrible. been a sitcom with depth? Well, I mean, honestly, Boy Meets World was. Oh yeah. Was pretty. Yeah, that's true. But like, when it comes to like Full House, there's so many fucking loopholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. It's just it's ter- it's it's so poorly written. Yeah, like, they don't even care. But the funny thing about that blog was to, to me, I found it about midway through. He started it. I think it would have been two thousand ten. Yeah, he ended twenty fourteen. So yeah. God, can you so, imagine just I found it just twenty twelve? You imagine just reviewing Full House for four years. I bet, I bet he was so like disenfranchised by the end of that. Like, what am I doing with my life? Well, like, what he. When he started, he said basically what happened was he was smoking a lot of pot. <laughs> that makes total sense. And he 
was basically he wanted to do a something to just to help him practice writing. Yeah, yeah, okay. For his writing to get better. Yeah, and so yeah. He was originally going to do Family Matters, but he's because he hates Family Matters. <laughs> but I don't know if it either wasn't on Netflix. He he said that he's going to review Family Matters, but. It wasn't on Netflix. That was one yeah. of them. But he also said, I don't remember if he said this was the reason he didn't review it or if this was the reason why he wanted to. Yeah. Because every episode's the same. Carl, Carl's at home or whatever, you know, relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Urkel comes over, aggravates <laughs> the shit out of him, and yeah. Carl kicks him out. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. It got... And, do, you, do you think they thought about Urkel when they were creating Full House and they were like, we, we want a character like that, but they need to be minimal. We'll just make it a female and her name will be Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> See, I've never made that connection, but it's so accurate. Yeah. It's funny because that guy's favorite character is Kimmy Gibbler. Ah! Just because he aggravates everybody. Yeah, because she aggravates everybody. Did, did I say he? Yeah. Oh, I meant she. Yeah, that's the secret twist is Kimmy Gibbler is a man. That's funny too because that guy was talking. He was like talking about... He calls them the three dads. Yeah. He says, you know, he, he was raised by two moms. I mean, he's in San Francisco. I mean, yeah. he, he was raised by two moms. So it's like, it's not uncommon. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, you know, he makes fun of that too. I mean. Yeah. I just, I always found it hilarious. Because you don't realize just how terrible it is till you till you read that. Mm-hmm. And everything he says makes so much sense. And then I got my brother hooked on it too once we like started to, to gel it. This is about a year or two after Cause I would I would watch the episodes and read them on my little iPad yeah. in the bed. <laughs> I was trying to force myself to go to sleep, and it worked yeah. for a little while. But I would just sit up and read those reviews, and it was just laugh my ass off. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's weird to sit. I mean, I don't know how often y'all have done this. It's not often for me anymore. But like, when you are by yourself, alone, in your bed, the lights are off. And you're reading something, and you're, like, laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> Dude, it's so rare that I can find something that actually makes me laugh when I'm, like, mm-hmm. at, by myself, stone sober. Like, it's yeah. so hard. I know. But, like, there were times when I would read that, and I would, like... I mean, it's not just... I mean, you know... I mean, when you read something anyways, it's like you might, you know, ha. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, like laughter you know? yeah yeah i mean i feel like laughter is more of a social thing yeah really. like it's more of like ha, like i'm pretty sure it's been proven that like one of the main reasons we laugh is like oh haha ha, i get that yeah like people laugh more at jokes maybe that are like an insider thing like you could just make something up if you're a stand-up comedian and people will laugh even if it don't make sense just because they're like oh yeah haha ha, i knew that yeah but like it's a. Uh, Laughter is so weird because you never you never do it when you're alone, and if you can find something that actually makes you laugh when you're just by yourself, it's genuinely funny. Yeah, and that's it was just I felt kind of strange about it because it's it's just so uncommon that you just sit there, I mean you know losing your breath, laughing. <laughs> yeah, but that's how it was for a long time, and that like I mean truly that blog got me through some of the toughest times. Yeah. And just, bec- I mean, they weren't hard, you know, I was a confused yeah. kid, but... I mean, that that's that's important to recognize, though. Like, that guy just did it basically as writing practice. I mean, yeah. he was developing a skill, and, like, in the meantime, he had people laughing their asses off. Like, that's and pretty awesome. It's funny, too, because they took it off Netflix halfway through, and he was like, I'm done. 
unless like if you all want to buy these for me, I'll I'll keep doing it. Yeah, but I'm not paying my money for to watch Full House. Yeah, and within the first thirty minutes, all the remaining seasons were purchased on. He put them on his Amazon wish list. Yeah, and they were all purchased. That's incredible. Like that's. I wonder if he ever made any money off of that. I think he sold a little bit of merch. Yeah. But I don't think he made... I don't... I'm, I mean, I'm not sure, but I... Yeah. Like they weren't or I wonder if he ever went on to actually, like, ride anything that, that ended up being lucrative. That that practice actually paid yeah. off. He did say, too, that he was going through a tough breakup, and that was another reason he started it. Yeah. But it was... Uh, I mean, dude... You know, and that was... A, that's, like he said, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, this, this blog... Got him through some of those tough times. So, yeah. like, even though he hated Full House and it was miserable every second he had to yeah. watch it, it was you know something that he could connect with people yeah. with on a level that he he said you know I I'm not gonna tell you all his name was Billy Superstar. He said, <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you all my name. Yeah, how I believe, how I live my life. He said we're all different. He said yeah. I would rather. Instead of ever, just leave instead it of all it. of us being different, I'd rather us all just be a bunch of people that hate Full House together. That's that's incredible, and man. To me, that was yeah. that was just, and like that's cool because, you know, had he talked about, I mean, because everybody has their own beliefs and opinions, yeah, yeah, and that would create a divide, and people could start arguments even in that, but. If you can all just agree on this one common thing, we hate Full House. Yeah. <laughs> as stupid yeah. of a thing as that is, that kind of... It, I mean, there's just a little community around it. Yeah. And it does a Facebook page on Fuller House. He reviewed the oh. first season of Fuller House, but this wasn't as good because, I mean, it's yeah. a sitcom in the, yeah. you know, fucking 2017 or yeah. whatever. I mean, I, to go back to what you were saying about, like, him writing that after a breakup... I mean, I, I honestly think that's where most skills are developed. Yeah. Like, during tough times, like, pretty much, I would say that's when you started coming into yourself, whenever you were coming into yourself. That's the greatest <laughs> phrase on the planet. Oh but, uh, like, I would say that's when you started to develop, like, your own interests, whenever, yeah. like, brother splits away and, well, it was. like, it's I just mean, you and you no, got to figure out, you know, what, what am I going to do with all this free time? I was, uh... That's it's interesting because I mean I didn't really I, I was into design and stuff yeah from like you know pretty young age I was probably seventh or eighth grade yeah I th I, think I didn't you're... recognize it as design though at that time but I was I wasn't doing a lot of it because I was more focused on basketball and stuff yeah but like that you know and I'm not a, a musician but yeah that was like playing a guitar like it was just something for me to yeah to concentrate on and just have fun with and like I didn't have to put pressure on myself to be good because I was so used to being you know oh, I gotta win I gotta do this yeah I grew up around I was playing sports you know yeah. and I, mean, I love that you know I'm, I love sports and I like I really do and I love competition but it, it was like refreshing to see that or to get that you know I can just do this for fun yeah. and suck at it. But you know what? At the same time, like I'm envious of you that that's something that you have. I'm envious that you have like a background in competition and like wanting to win because I think that's a really important skill to learn. Yeah. I think that mindset of you know learning how to interact with people and and compete with them and not get upset when you're losing. You know all those are important things to realize. And, I mean, in some aspect or another, I mean, you don't have to be in sports to learn those things. 
but I do think that sports will humble you quicker than anything could, or at least maybe even get you to develop your skills quicker, you know? Yeah. I mean, sports, you know, that was one thing that it taught me, competition, you know, competitive sports, is that when you are, you know, I mean, it's not like you're demanded to be good, but it's like it's you play the game to win. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you 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 learn to be able to compete against yourself. You want to get better you so wanna, you can yeah. beat the other people. And it's like when you feel like you're good, you go somewhere. You know, we went when I was a, I was in the seventh grade in between my seventh and eighth grade year. Yeah, this is when I started playing with the high school team. And, you know, for the JV. You know, we were we were a pretty solid team, you know, around yeah. here. But we went to Louisville. Yeah. And we got beat ninety-one to eleven. Jesus Christ, dude! I couldn't imagine. I mean, I mean and it, you talk about like I would say honestly, afterwards you were just thankful it was over. Oh yeah. I would say well, the whole last like that second half was probably hell though, because you know there's no coming back. It's just like I'm gonna take this ass beating and just <laughs> and you get this over. Listen to people, bitch. Yeah. I mean, which yeah, they have to. It's like yeah. do better. Yeah. Yeah. But. But it, it's it just like, gets to a point where I mean skill levels aren't going to match sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're going to meet your maker eventually in competition. And that's what it was, you know. But that, that helped us, too. You know, some kids... And we we fought the whole time. You know, it's not like we... You didn't give up. Yeah. Yeah. We kept trying, but it was like, you know, some, some people are just fucking better. Yeah. And... But, uh, but I guarantee that in the coming years... That that was something that a uh, moment that you reflected back on of like I don't want that to happen again. I'm gonna work harder in practice. Yeah, I'm gonna eat better. I'm gonna tell you this, and this doesn't this means nothing. <laughs> I mean, this is I mean it doesn't. People say yeah. oh this and that, this and that. But the summer going into my junior year, we played at Team Owensboro. They beat us by like six. We had the game won, and I'm not gonna name any names. Yeah, but. A guy we had walked. Walked off? Like walked with the ball. Like it's like a travel. Oh, yeah, okay. A okay, so he walked, traveled. Um, and they ended up winning the game by six points. Six, four yeah. or six points, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Our senior year, that team wins the state championship. Mm. Like that really happened. But, you know, we, we, wouldn't even, we didn't even make the state tournament. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, you know... Even though like that team won the state championship, they we may match up better with them as we do somebody else that beat us. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. It's like it's just matchups. The way this person matches up, I match up with this team, and then this other team may match up with us better and beat us, but this team I beat the shit out of this thing. Yeah, yeah. But we beat this. It's it's. Weird. Well, I mean, there's there's another aspect of it though too. When it comes to something physical, I mean, you, you got to be honest. I mean, there are some people who are just built to play basketball. There are some people who are just built to be a horse jockey. I yeah. mean, it's well, you can't be a horse jockey and be seven foot that, five. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like you're. There are things out of your control that are having effects on your abilities. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, when it comes to sports. Sport or anything physical, like you said. I mean, when you have a person, right, 
It's seven foot tall. I mean, coaches look for that in college now. Like they yeah. would, they would rather see somebody that's an athlete because they think, okay, this person's an athlete. I can develop these skills. Yeah. But I can't take somebody that's very skilled and make them grow a foot or yeah, make yeah, them exactly. quicker. Yeah. It's like they take this and they can develop skills. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know Willie Colley Stein. He played for Kentucky. But mm-hmm. I mean that, that John Calipari never watched him play a high school football game or high school basketball game. He watched him play a high school Damn. football game. He just knew basically his physical attributes. Yeah, is that what you're saying? He basically just saying, you know, this guy's long. Yeah, he can jump. He's athletic. You know, bring him on, you know, and and he he you know, he's playing the NBA, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, hard work wins. Yeah. That's fact. Yeah. I know that, but... I mean, it, it doesn't always, though. It, well, it just not, does not always. No, but when I'm it, saying... When it comes, when it comes to... to when, physical things. When it comes to somebody who is just as skilled as... There are two people. They're both equally as skilled in what they're doing, but one is bigger, like, say, in basketball. They have an advantage. Yeah. They have an It's just inherent. They... I'm, I guess I was talking about the grand scheme of things. If you work hard, you will see results. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. You, like you said, you will meet your maker. You will meet yeah. your match, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just just think about somebody going into another sport. Even, I mean, it, it shows there. Michael Jordan went to basketball, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, he went to basketball from baseball. <laughs> Michael Jordan, baseball sports stars. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he went to baseball, and it just didn't pan out. Because I mean, it's, it requires a different build, it yeah. requires a different skill set. And it's just, it's weird that that no matter, I mean, yeah, like Michael Jordan. Is one of the greatest athletes in the you know history of sports. Yeah. But when when you put him in out of his element, yeah. But there's some players that that are great in multiple. Yeah. Like Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah, it happens. Bo Jackson was a freak. You know. What? Who is that? He was a baseball player and football player. Okay. He played I think he played in the NFL and the MLB, but he. Uh, Bo Jackson. What do you What do you think the common element is between baseball and football that would? I don't know. If hard was work. Good. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I mean, he worked hard. They said that he would lay down or something that like would like wait to the train, like by where he grew up. Yeah. And, like we'll try to race it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's man, just there crazy. are there are some people who are just absolutely ridiculous. Like there there are always people that you will find and you'd be like, man, I need to work way harder. Yeah. Like if I ever want to succeed, what's well, like me? I sleep a lot. Yeah. You know, I stay up in the night because. That's when I work on my stuff. Yeah, that's... Um, you know, I don't I, have to worry about what I got to work on for this person and this person. It's like, I can work on what I want to work on. Yeah. Whether that be just something stupid or... I, yeah, I just... I have a better creative energy in the night for I some reason. I feel like it's because there's nothing else to do, though. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nobody, no distractions. Yeah, nobody's calling you at 3 in the morning saying, yeah. let's hang out. I mean, so you know it's like that time frame from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. If you want to work... You work. can do it. Yeah, and you're not gonna be interrupted. That's what I feel like during those times. Yeah, you know, but I sleep all day, and that makes me feel like shit. Yeah, when I could just get up and you know maybe set aside another bit of time in the evening, but then people's still awake, and to yeah. me that just I don't know something about it. Yeah, it like kills creativity. Or I don't know. It's yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, everybody has a different creative process. And I mean, 
I, I guess almost that's something built into your DNA just like your physical attributes would yeah. be. I mean, there are for sure elements in your DNA that determine how much sleep you need, you know, what what you're uh, the most active during, you know. Some people have this certain time frame of where they feel the best when they sleep from this hour to this hour. I mean, that's, that's stuff that is ingrained in us. Do you think that sleep is um, genetic? Yeah, it, it definitely Like a sleep is. schedule. Yeah, because like, it's proven. My dad and I both are like lay in bed. Yeah, my my dad is like that too, and I'm like that as well. Is it, but Jalen's not like like Jalen when he when he wakes up, he's awake. Yeah, no, my, I my mom's like that. I can't do it. Like if I wake can't up, can't do it either. It's hard as hell to wake me up. Yeah, if I wake up, I'm right back to sleep. Yeah, and if I, even if I'm awake, I will lay in the bed for fucking hours. Yeah, and that's just because. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't control it. I want to. I but, want to be better, but it's just I, I can't fight it. I guess, I guess it's discipline or something. I don't know. But yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it. It goes into going back to skill sets. It's like when there's something that you want to do. I mean, when it comes to the path that you're gonna take in life, the skills that you want to acquire, what your dream is, whatever. You got to work within the realms of. Okay, here is what I'm good at. Uh, I work best in the AM, so maybe sports are not the best thing for me because I probably shouldn't be working out that late. You know, it's yeah. it's it's like you may have swung more towards design as your kind of dream job based on the attributes that you have, yeah. or you know, if if maybe you want to do something besides design that required something different I mean you can work on developing a skill you can work on waking up earlier but why do that if it doesn't necessarily affect what you're doing at the moment yeah does that does that make sense yeah like uh, I don't I don't know what what would you say the skill set of a designer would be what like the mindset like a what, mindset yeah what if what is what is the personality of a person who should go into design and, and they would be good at it. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, creativity is something. I but think design, for me, is... is um, I mean, it's order. You yeah. know, it's, it's organization. But as far as, like, you know, like a mindset and, and personality traits, I, I mean, for me, I always enjoyed tinkering. Yeah. Whether that's with, you know... You know, when I was a little kid, I liked arts and crafts, and I would, I had a big box at my granny's house full of just construction paper yeah. and glue and shit, and I'd just make stuff. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that was a thing I did for a long time. I liked to draw and stuff. But later on, you know, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say grew out of it, but I got interested in sports, and once I become... A little bit older, but you know, I got in. You know, computers is obviously like starting to. I mean, computers were playing for a long time, but yeah. at the fourth grade, I got a computer. Yeah. I mean, computers really in the two thousands. Yeah. That's when that's when they become like super accessible I mean, I, on I laptops. Had, I had a computer when I was like five years old, but 
it was like all I would do on it was play the land before time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, we had a computer at my house, but when I got my own, my papa got We had dial-up, too. I See, mean, I had dial-up forever. So, I, mean, I remember when I got DSL, like a game changer. Yeah, yeah. But my papa got me that, that laptop. I remember we got laptops at school, my class. Yeah. And that they kind of taught us everything and how to go around the operating system and stuff. But yeah. And the word process and all that shit, how to yeah. type. Yeah. But once, man, my, that Christmas, my papa got me a, a laptop. It was a gateway. And, you know, I'm thankful for that, man, because it was like that was the thing that kind of sparked me. Because it's like I didn't get into design yet. But what I did was I was able, I, I discovered how to pirate shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was dude, more than, I, I was into like downloading music. And then yeah, like, oh, I was pirating stuff at like eight years old, dude. I had Aries. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I, I know everybody Aries. else was using like LimeWire and stuff. I used Morpheus. Yeah. I mean, we were st- we were committing crimes at like eight, nine first, years old, dude. First time I downloaded a song. <laughs> I, I, we got DSL and I plugged it in like the internet. Were you worried? Cord. No. I but, was. But the first time I got worried was I downloaded a bunch of Weird Al songs. <laughs> and when I went to, I was in Tennessee and I went to like this. This is when music stores, I don't even know if they still exist. I don't think they do, like FIE. But it's yeah. like a music store. And I went in and it had the Straight Outta Linwood album, Weird Al. Yeah. With White and Nerdy, and I looked on it, it had like the track list. On the bottom, the last track on the album said, it's called Don't Download This Song. And I sang uh, it, and I thought it was like a warning. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I, like, I'm going to jail. <laughs> like, I freaked out, I was so paranoid after that. Dude, I mean, when, when you're a kid, like the internet is like lurking in foggy waters, you know? It's like, I remember... Well, now it's it's probably not, but like for us, it was like... I mean, it, it's still though, like, uh, you can't tell me, even in this age, if a kid were to go to a porn site and it would say... You have to be 18 years old to enter. You can't tell me that they'd be a little bit squeamish to click that enter button. It's just like, it's so weird, man, because... But, yeah, I mean, obviously... It's grand... It's just you can't you can't explain it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, technology is is just advanced. Yeah, I mean, kids today are playing with iPads when we were playing outside riding bikes. And, I mean, not to say that kids don't still do that, but... Kids are obviously a lot more savvy with technology than we were at their age. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's because it's more accessible. I mean, I was thinking, like... I mean, like, they, they can hold a, a computer in their hand. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you remember. It was like... This is before Windows XP was out. What well, the time I'm thinking of, it's probably like early 2000s, late yeah. 90s. Probably like Windows 98. I mean, clunky as hell. <laughs> Um, and it was like the, the software what, what was it like an iPad is that no what it's, this is like a, a computer you know? oh okay yeah it was like a, just a desktop yeah it was clunky man it was just like not I mean well, it was it was good good like okay at the time I yeah. guess but it was like it, it wasn't you couldn't just use your finger and tap it's like you had to move this mouse and it was like the ball you know the little ball yeah, mouses yeah. and sh- yeah. shit and it was, it was just I knew how to get on. My papa could turn it on, click on the game, and I could play it. Yeah. We'd play it together. I'm, like that was. I mean, them special memories for me. Yeah, man, definitely. Like, I, I mean, we would just play it. I don't. I don't know what it's called. It was some. I don't know. It had Howie from. Was it like a flash game or? 
It was just, it came on the disc. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a flash game. No. Yeah. It was, a uh, fuck, I don't know what it's called. I gotta look this up, but <laughs> it was Howie. Is it Mandel, is that his name? Howie Mandel, From yeah. The, Miss Mega Deal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's, kids kind of are going through the same phases we went through, even though it is a little bit different for them, like. Well, it's so much easier. A kid can grab an iPad, turn it on, get on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, young children. It's called. It was called Toonland. Toonland. What'd you do? What'd you do on it? I don't remember. All I remember is this is like a farm, and we used to me and my papa and my brother would just sit there and there's this little song that would play. It said, "Old Gray Mary, she ain't what she used to be." And we just <laughs> sing along. It was, yeah. It's goofy, but. Oh man, it's uh, it's kind of sad though when you like grow up and realize the internet is just kind of like this cold thing, cause like back then computers were so much more had like a, a more of a vibrance around them back then, yeah, like cause you were exploring new things. It's like, I feel like like as far as technology goes, it's like it can always get better, but it's like it's so accessible now. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I mean. A lot of people had computers, but it was like what you could do with them was like limited. Yeah, I mean, you could surf the web. You know, there's I guess eBay and Amazon and all that stuff yeah, existed, yeah. but it wasn't like wasn't like it is. Like I can get on there and, and make a website in 15 minutes. Right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, easy. And make a blog and just easy. start talking. Yeah, but like back we in can the, we can make a podcast. I mean, we can just throw yeah. a podcast out there into the ether. And you know. That it becomes so accessible, and I, I, that's why you see YouTube taking such a, a big. Um, I mean, it's, it's been there for a while. Yeah. That's what YouTube kind of changed the game, because suddenly you had to be like, you had to get lucky to be famous, and you still do in, in yeah. a certain regard. But everybody has a chance. Everybody now. has a chance. Yeah, and Definitely. that's that's the thing. It's like it never used to be like that. I mean, a, a six year old kid can get on their iPad. Record a stupid video and put it out on the internet, and the yeah. world can see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. I mean, like, Rebecca Black. I mean, yeah. she was aware. She was thirteen years old. Or <laughs> I don't yeah. know how old she was, but I mean, she she made that being serious. Yeah. And it it it, it backfired. But. Oh, dude, I I worry so much about like my my family members, some of my young family members who like get out on social media or make videos on YouTube or whatever. I'm like, man. You have no idea what this could turn into. Like this, could, you could turn into a superstar at nine years old, and not not in a good way either. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, I mean, what was that dude's name? I don't even know. I mean, you I mean, what's what's that one little girl? What's her name? Lil Tay. <laughs> Lil Tay. I don't know what that is. Lil Tay is just like a nine-year-old. Asian girl. I don't know why the fact that she was Asian was necessary to mention. Like scenes. Uh, no, she don't. She does nothing but get on Instagram and flash money and and talk shit and talk shit and. But that, like that's stand so next to Bugattis and. But somebody hang set out that with up. Lil Pump. <laughs> somebody set that up though. But I mean, she's uh, super famous though. I mean. It, it's sad. I mean, I like listen. It is sad. If you could put it me up beside my idols at a young age, like hell yeah, man. But it's like, it, I I, just, I can't imagine that kind of lifestyle as a kid. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, that stuff will go and it'll die and they'll 
you know, they'll be they'll, they'll move on. It'll be a thing of the past eventually. But yeah. it's it's kind of like, you know, child actors almost always end up fucked up. Child actors, yeah, like and a lot of the times Michelle it's because <laughs> when, when you're you know, you're this cute little kid, yeah, and everybody's adores you. You know, everybody yeah. loves you. But when that when that dies, you're not. You know who Gary Coleman is. You know Gary Coleman. Gary, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, well, Arnold. Yeah, what, what show about? was that? Different Strokes. Yeah, Different Strokes. That's one of my favorite shows in the history of the world. Yeah. I love Different Strokes. But, you know, he's this cute little kid, had funny catchphrases, you know. The way he delivered his lines were just yeah. hilarious. But when he grew up, you know, he didn't grow much physically. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I ain't being an asshole. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, he I mean, didn't. But, you know, he had a problem or whatever. I don't know what it was. It's, yeah, some, yeah, some kind of disorder. But... He didn't grow much physically. Yeah. And instead of being like this cute little kid, he was still the same size. Yeah, yeah. But he looked more mature. It's like people just stopped giving a shit, you know? Yeah. And you couldn't continue a show. And then, the line just was funny. He wasn't cute. He wasn't a little, little chubby, you know, baby fat. And you just want to like yeah. hug him or something. You when, when you are making your career based off of your cuteness... It's always gonna come to an end. It's yeah. like female, like actresses. A lot of women are ticking. The clock's ticking. I mean, male male actors too. I mean, yeah. Tom Cruise ain't gonna last much longer. But I mean, like, eventually there's if, gonna be some young handsome man who's gonna take the place of yeah. Tom Cruise. It, but if you're like this, this kind of like, you're this, let's say, lady. Yeah. And good looking, you know. Yeah. You got the look, as in what you know, what Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. Once, like you said, that you you hit that wall eventually. You mm-hmm. you, you do all the surgeries and the Botox and shit that you can do, but there comes a time <laughs> when you can't do it when you look yeah. like Betty White. Yeah. You know, I, Betty White was a good looking woman yeah. way back. But but the thing about Betty White is, time. Betty White though. Well, she's skilled. She's fun. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's why Bel- Betty White is still relevant because her fame wasn't thing. based off of her looks alone. And you know, she, you can can shift gears. Like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can be famous for your looks for some period of time, and then it's like I don't know if you know like basketball players, but like Vince Carter's in like his twenty something year. Yeah, and like he was this high flying, you know, like freak athlete but he's not that anymore he's old you know he's yeah. in his 20-something season and he I think this is his last I think he's retiring after this year but you know he he knew my body for one my body can't take this yeah and two if this is all I'm good for I'm not I'm you know I, I'm not gonna be on a team yeah. because I, I'm of no use yeah there's new there's young guys that can do what I could once do better than me yeah. You know, maybe at his peak they couldn't, but he's not at his peak anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so, but he shifted he shift gears. He, he, he brings something different to a team than what he did 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Ago. Yeah. And that's, to me, what, like, you can do that in any, you know. It's, it's important to develop other skills because not... Well, especially when you see them coming. You, yeah, you yeah, know when you the, see, yeah. your fate. Yeah, I mean, it, athletes have a physical prime, no doubt, no doubt. 
physical athletes, there is going to be a time where your body's just going to start giving out. It's just not going to be up to par. It's like, you know, Steve Jobs, for example. Yeah. Steve Jobs obviously had medical issues later on and couldn't continue. To even, I mean, even your mental state. Yeah. I mean, that but, can but, be But he'd done that for years and a long time, you know, and was able to do it basically up until he died. Yeah. You know, he took a leave there at the end, but when it's your mind, I mean, you know, like I'm a graphic designer. You go look at like Tom Geisner or something. Yeah. That that son of a bitch is still going. Yeah. And he's like eighty something, and he's been doing it since the '60s and still doing incredible stuff. And he's hired younger guys to come in because, like, they know. Like, I mean, yeah. one of them's already dead. Yeah. And then they hired another guy recently they had another dude come in in the firm and then one of them died and then brought in another guy but he's he's still kicking and still making good work and I don't know if he does what he used to yeah I don't know if he I guess does as much or if he lets the younger guys kind of control it or what or if he just kind of oversees everything but yeah I think he's still doing it and you can't do that if, if you're depending on your physicality because there's somebody younger than you that's that's just they're more physically capable mm-hmm I mean, it's just facts. Uh, I it's, mean, you know what's what's Toys R Us? They just went out of business. Yeah. It's because kids yeah. don't play with fucking toys. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too. Yeah, businesses have do, to. Do adapt. you know? Businesses have to be able to see I the changes coming. Other, I looked this up the other day. Do you know when the first video game that Lego made? Oh, I was I was about to bring up Lego. It was, I think it was, like a '98. Wow, Lego! Like, Lego was they genius. Started, man. They started getting their feet wet. Yeah, Toys R Us could have done that. Yeah. Toys R Us could have could have transitioned into this generation in a better way. Yeah, they could have. I mean, taken you know, if it was just selling iPads. Or, I mean, yeah, I, they could start. I mean, I ain't saying they should become Walmart because I mean, it, it was Walmart for toys. That was the magic of it. Yeah, but it's like, but Lego still. Is Lego, but it's just yeah. adapted to this time. I mean, there's well, they can tons. charge sixty dollars for a game. Yeah, and charge X amount. I mean, movies, the Lego movie that like, just came yeah. out like a few years ago. Licensing too. Tons big, of Lego movies, TV shows. They have to make a shit ton on. I mean, they obviously pay, right? They license those let's say Star yeah, Wars definitely. characters, but if you have a Star Wars something, it's gonna fucking sell. Yeah, you might people may not buy the Lego just the, the bricks anymore. Yeah. Like they used to, but those sets sell and they are expensive because they're collector stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a thing now. It is. It's a cult. It's a culture. It's pop culture. It's yeah. like it's ingrained in our society. Just like Chuck Taylors. Yeah, you're you know, right. Just like, yeah, Lego. Uh, shit, cars. I mean, cars is a big part of America. Yeah, Disney. Yeah. I mean, Disney is Disney worldwide, really, but America yeah. definitely. And you know, that's that's the thing, man. Is like those guys. Disney is obviously adapted to the times. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's interesting too because back in the day, when, I don't know if you know much about like Snow White. It was in like I think it's like the thirties, thirty four. I may be wrong about that, but when Snow White came out, yeah, it goes to. I mean, you got to think about what this is the thirties or something. It goes to the theaters, and it leaves. It's gone. Like you, you don't. There's no VHS. In yeah, the there's 30s. no renting it on Xbox or. I mean, there's no. It goes. It comes to theaters and it's gone. Yeah. And then when it leaves, that's it. Yeah. So Disney started introducing, you know, 
it was during the World Wars. I guess it's been World War Two. I'm not sure. Would have been like the 30s and 40s. Have yeah. been two. Yeah, I have no idea. That's not my expertise. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> it was during a war. I know that, yeah. and Disney was crunched for money, and it, it's kind of like a cash grab, to be honest. So they they re-released Snow White, but they realized after they done it, like I said, it was cash grab. But they realized they introduced this is about ten years later. They introduced an entirely new audience to this film, kids that would otherwise not have even seen it. Yeah, because well, it was out of theaters. Well, so what happened was they were able to merchandise and shit more yeah. because of that. And then after that, that became a thing. They started re-releasing Snow White every so often. When VHS came out, was it like probably. 80s or something? I don't know. Yeah. When VHS probably. came out, they started tinkering. Like they didn't like the idea of like people owning their their films. Like they because mm. they said people are going to buy these, they're never going to buy them again, and we yeah. bring them back to theaters. It's, they're never going to come see them because they got them. They yeah. thought these, and they said they're going to pass them down from generation to generation. We're not going to be able to sell them. That's obviously not been the fucking case. No. And well, I mean, on VHS is. <laughs> dead yeah and the DVD is now but you know there's this thing called the Disney vault where basically what they do is they'll, they'll put something in the vault for a certain amount of time they bring it back to where you can't just buy it whenever you want it's like you have this X amount of time to buy this and it goes back in for another so many years and that started way back you know when, when they re-released Snow White yeah but when they first introduced it to VHS they said okay we'll, we'll sell it to you know, VHS probably looks like 20 bucks back in the day. They started selling them only to video rental stores for like 80 bucks. Mm. That way, people couldn't own them, but the video rental stores could. Yeah, so, so they could continuously get that cash income. Yeah. Yeah. But then they started to realize slowly, like, okay, this doesn't matter. These are I mean, they're classic films, you know? Yeah. And so they, I mean, they still do the vault, but they started to sell them to actually. Yeah, people. yeah. Well, I'm sure by the time they made the decision to start actually, I mean, you could have bought this son of a bitch for eighty bucks if he was yeah. a regular person. But I mean, let's be honest: who's going to pay eighty dollars for a, a, a yeah. film? Well, it's weird too, like how some things uh, adapt to new generations. Like um, Alice in Wonderland, I know, was kind of like a flop when it first came out, right? Um, but during uh, the time that like psychedelics started picking up and kind of that era came around like late 60s early 70s like I'm pretty sure that movie started to become really popular just cause it was kind of like psychedelic and freaky well it, it fit that that era yeah know? I mean there's lots of movies that you know weren't well received during the, their time, you know. Yeah. And, and that's so it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> that it could just hit. Yeah. Like way after. Well, that that's 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 the crazy thing about movies. It's like we we we've been making movies. We could stop making movies right now, and we'd be fine. We have a lot of movies to well, watch. I mean, let's be honest. They've already stopped. I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, they're remaking movies. Well, that's all. It's, it's, I mean, you know, Disney. I love Disney, but I mean, and it works. I don't yeah. blame them one bit. It's smart as fuck. Because what they're doing is they're taking these classics that everybody loves, these characters, this stuff that's nostalgic to our generation, 
you know, a lot of our generation has kids or yeah. a little bit above us, or whatever. They've got these kids, and they're taking their, their kids to go watch it because they're obsessed yeah. with it. But it's something their kids can enjoy, and they they can enjoy because of the nostalgia aspect. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in reality, it's just like it just it's just not original. I mean, you look at like sort of they call it the Disney Renaissance era, but it was like you know the Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, that that era. Yeah, those were semi original. I mean they. They ripped them <laughs> off, you know. Yeah, yeah. The cl- the uh, like white. the Lion King was ripped off. Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, yeah. You heard of that, Tyler? No. Oh my God, dude! This is this is one of the best things like you you've ever told me. Because uh, I was not aware of this, and it it honestly kind of scarred me. The Lion King was in Japan. There was this there was this small studio. This guy was kind of like Walt Disney in Japan. Is that right? Is it Japan? I think it's Japan. Yeah, it was Japan. And uh, this guy was kind of like the Walt Disney of Japan. He'd like made all these like cartoons. It's like revolutionary, and all these people loved them and stuff over there and you know, their culture. Yeah. And one of them was called Kimba the White Lion, and it was one hundred percent the story of the line. I mean, you go look the concept art of the Lion King, but so Kimba the White Lion, they had made a film first. It was like really low budget, I think. Yeah. There was comics originally, but they said they're gonna make a film. I, they like both like. They started. They started production at the same time, yeah. basically. But Disney, obviously, they just got they got more money, and they're gonna make a fucking Disney. Yeah. So, they went out, and got. I mean, they got theirs out quicker. They were able to produce it quicker and get it out in front of people. So by the time. The Kimba, the White Lion movie came out. I mean, it was just like. I mean, Disney even didn't they pretty much uh, put out a cease and assist for. Yeah, they put out a cease and assist for it too. For basically, well, it was a sequel. I think it was a sequel to to, to the Kim. I don't know. But um, it was like. I don't think no. I, they wouldn't. The let, White, they wouldn't let. Kimba it never the White even Lion got released it, in the United States. No. They wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let it come into the United States and Canada. I think maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, they tried to play it at like a film festival in Canada or something like that, and they wouldn't let them. Yeah. But it was it was just like, it was completely ripped off. You can you can see, actually, like, from the the scenes in uh, the, the White Line, is that yeah. it? Yeah. Um, it's like almost... Identical. Yeah, like, there are some shots where it's just like the identical. Art, the animation style is totally different. But the, the, characters, the characters. But the characters are the exact same. I mean, you can see the resemblance, and it's... it's even the story. I mean, even the story. Unbelievably. It's It's so obvious. Yeah. It's, it's like so obviously ripped off, and also whenever uh, and Disney was Disney's asked promoting about it. it. They were promoting this as their first original story because yeah. up until that point they'd been like fairy tales you know they'd done stories of like that were based were, off of like classic fables yeah and, and the Lion King was basically their their first original quote unquote yeah. first original <laughs> and uh wasn't there something like I, I'm almost positive there was something that made it really obvious that they had talked about it like there was evidence that it was brought up but like pretty much any time somebody asked them about that movie, you're like, mm, never heard of it. I yeah, don't know. yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's but it but it comes down to the legal system. I mean, it's Disney. Disney, Disney has, has more money. They've got the best fucking lawyers. Disney no. has the best lawyers. They're the one. It's their it's their it's their original movie as far as the law is concerned. And that's what's crazy is like, it's just it's insane. I mean, and I love Disney as much as any. I mean, more it, than anybody. You but. know, I mean, you you can't let that take away from the Lion King though. No, I, I mean, mean the Lion King itself. Yeah, the story was ripped off, but. It's like it's just like come on, dude. You you really think a multi? Would think, I have seen Kimba the White Line if it wasn't for the probably line not? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's right, but I mean I I'll, I'll re- I'm not saying like, oh the Lion King wasn't ripped off. Oh you know I'm not yeah. making excuses, but I mean it's fact I would never have heard of Kimba the White Line had the Lion King never existed. Yeah. I mean it. But they I mean to me like why not just say hey. Let's make let, yeah. us, let us have a story. Just say it. Yeah, just say, that's the thing that bugs me is that I wish that they would just give that lend credit to yeah. the movie that they based it on. Pay them, man. Just yeah. Like, well, man. that's that's the thing they don't they don't want to give up any cash. Yeah, but I mean, it's just. Funny. But I mean, come on, dude. You it, it you're dealing with a multi million billion corp corporation. Yeah. I mean, none of them are not fraught with corruption and like terrible things like Nike I'm sure Nike is responsible for millions and millions of situations that put people in bad positions fucked people over other I mean there was a documentary about Nike mm. uh, I, I think it was called Sploosh or something it was on Netflix a couple years ago it was, it was you know this was at the peak of my like shoe collect I've gotten yeah. out of it a little bit just cause I I mean I like shoes I, I always have I've collected shoes since I was in the third fucking grade but <laughs> you know when I started to to make my own money I realized well, this is kinda fucking stupid yeah I go to the Nike you know if I have a pair I, I like Air Tech Challenge it's per, uh Andre Agassi he's a tennis player but it was his shoes I, I got two pair I beat them both to death Paid forty five dollars for one pair and sixty dollars for the other. Pair. I mean, yeah. not bad. Yeah. And I've had them since my senior year in high school. So it's it's almost four years. Yeah. In like February or something like that. But I mean, let's see. It's like a, I mean, forty five and sixty, so it's like a hundred and something bucks, hundred five bucks for two years years worth of. No, four years worth of, <laughs> eh, roughly, four years worth of wear. I mean, that that's pretty yeah. fucking good to me. Yeah. But, like, I used to buy $150 worth of shoes, like $150 per shoe. You, you know, you know, the, shoes you know the way that I, I don't know, I don't know what, you, like, got you so attracted to buying shoes, but for me, what I think would get me falling into buying expensive shoes, because I've, I've caught myself falling into this trap lately with with t-shirts or shoes or whatever. I want to buy expensive clothing items because I know that I would be unique in having it. Because a lot of people wouldn't spend $250 for a pair of shoes, so you know you're the mother- only motherfucker rocking those shoes. Yeah. 
probably in in the place that you unless it's like Yeezys or something. Well, that was but Yeezys are ultra rare. I mean, they I mean, are. But the thing is, like nowadays, there's a lot of motherfuckers. I mean, Yeezys. I'm not gonna say they're affordable, but like the people that's in the shoes, they're willing to drop some money. Yeah. I mean, three hundred bucks. I've spent over three hundred bucks for a pair of shoes. Yeah. But it's been like original Jordans, brand new. Yeah. I'm a collector. I like to. Have the real deal, the original shit, set it up in the box and just have it. I've paid like, but like, um, I mean, there was a time when the Yeezy, when the first Adidas Yeezys, the three fifties dropped, the Turtle Doves. Yeah. I I paid. I didn't pay anything, but there's a guy selling. It was like the day after. It's like eight hundred bucks. You know, about five hundred over retail. But I was like. I, I so they're only about three hundred dollars originally. Yeah, it's like, it's like two fifty. I mean, that's well. I mean, I was on Adidas looking at their store the other day. They have like two hundred and fifty dollar like Harden shoes. Like, yeah. I mean, so for Yeezys to be as sought after as that was they like are, the drop. Yeah. And so, like, obviously the resale is going to go way up. But this guy, yeah. he had like two pairs, like an eight and a nine. They didn't make half sizes in the first ones. So I was like, okay, I went to buy the nine. I decided I thought about it for a day or two, went back to buy it, and I checked on it every day that I thought on it, and it still had them. The next day I went back and it sold. Uh, yeah. The other day I went to buy them, and I was just kind of like, man, like shit, you know? Like, yeah. They were right there. Two weeks later, they were $2,000. Yeah. And I almost bought them. No, I take that back. Ooh. They were at 1200 at this time. I was going to buy it. I was gonna say, "Mom, send me." I told my mom. I said, I, "Well, listen, I was gonna pay her the money, but I, I didn't have a debit card." Oh yeah, yeah. No, I took it back. I didn't have the money on my debit card because I used to keep in a sock. Cause I didn't like going to the bank. Yeah. So I told mom. I said, "I got the cash at the house. Just let me use your freaking debit card, and I'll pay the cash as soon as I get to the house." And she, and she was like, "No, no, you're not. You're not spending." Twelve hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. And I was like, "Fuck!" You. And I was pissed off. I mean, uh, can you can you imagine though? Can you honestly imagine like being in our parents' generation or like our grandparents' oh, generation? No. Them saying like, "You blowing twelve hundred dollars on something you're gonna put on your feet and hit, walk on the ground with?" Like, it's pretty insane. Well, it's, our culture, it's dude. Stupid, it's it's, it's crazy. You know, at that point, literally, like where we're at, nobody had Yeezys. This is yeah. before they were like that. They even like kind of dropped. Because now you can get a pair for three hundred dollars resale. You know? Yeah, I mean, that, that, like they they release a million colorways, and they, they release more of them. Which I I love that. I think you know, um, we need to have that in any like you know, if somebody wants them, like make them. Man. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna make more money. I know, like it's and and you can't you can't tell me. That one of the main attractive things about Yeezys is their rarity. If you if Yeezys were forty bucks, they would not be. They would be nothing. I mean, in all honesty, I'm a I'm a sneaker. I mean, they're cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the way they look. I would probably still buy them. Well, that's the thing. But the reason I like the type of shoes that I like are because Yeezy has kind of influenced Adidas. Yeah. I mean, Adidas kind of has like a Yeezy similar to Yeezy those well, they're, are they're, shoes that have influenced the way people yeah they're well, buying they, they, Adidas is purposely making shoes it's like these aren't Yeezys but they're they're close yeah yeah but it's like 
there's been plenty of shoes that they've released like that, that I'm like, okay, these are cool. Yeah. But they're still hundred something bucks, and I can't just let myself buy that. I mean, listen. Yeah. I don't fuck with fake shoes. I just I'm a sneaker. I ain't gonna call myself a sneaker. I'm just kind of out of it now, just because yeah. I, I, I just, I just am. I mean, I, I still love it. I, I still, you know, follow all the pages and and, yeah. and look at it and read about it. I just can't let myself spend the money. That's that's a good thing though. And you know, that's me. I can still enjoy it from a distance. Yeah. I don't have to have it and hold because I have too many shoes I've never put on. My, I mean, this sounds ridiculous. I like I never even put on. And I just don't want any part of that. I mean, there's somebody that could wear that pair of shoes and enjoy it. Yeah. And I can enjoy it too, but I enjoy putting on the same pair of shoes, not have to worry about where the fuck I'm stepping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just go on about my day, you know. I mean... When I have a pair of Yeezys, I'll say. Yeah. I almost bought a pair. But that was when they were like, like I said, nobody around here had them. Mm-hmm. I mean, very few. And when you put them on, you feel like, like you kind of feel like, oh, yeah. what I got. But well, it's, it's like, not I don't want to be that anymore, not, though. To me, to me, it's not like, look what I got. Like, look at me. I want the attention from it. To me, I just like to be unique. Like, in well, yeah. video games, if it well, comes see, like, down the, to the like... Everybody's like, oh, look at these Yeezys. Look at these Yeezys. But every pair of Yeezys that's released since the Turtle Dove has been like, eh, to me. Because... There was just something about it. It was the colors. I like neutral colors for one thing. I don't like all this weird. I mean, I do like weird colors. I, I think the red Octobers are badass. Listen, the Nike, <laughs> the Turtle Doves are my favorite, just because it's something that I I could rock those with just a pair of ball shorts. Yeah. At Disney World. Yeah. You know, I'm like I could. That's something I would wear. Because that's where that's what I do. You know, I go yeah. to Disney World or something. <laughs> I mean. I could. That's like where I picture. If I if I can't wear them at Disney World, I wouldn't really wear them. Yeah, yeah. That's something you just wear for comfort. Yeah. Or something. But I I could picture myself wearing those with a pair of balls. Something that I would wear. Now I couldn't see myself wearing them with jeans. I just couldn't. I couldn't see yeah. myself dressing them up as they say or whatever. You know, yeah. Make an outfit around them. Like I just put some bitches on like I do my sockinies and I wear them. <laughs> I mean that's how yeah. I would do it. And that's why I'm so drawn to that shoe because it's, you know, it's just. If like the shittier they look, the cooler they look. Yeah, yeah. I, but like paying two thousand dollars for that, like fuck that, man. It's like yeah, no. And I would never buy a fake pair just because it's not, it's just not in in me. Mm-hmm. But like, well, I take well, it, that. It feels. I would never buy a fake pair that tried to put off as real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you can go to Kmart and buy a pair that's been influenced by the Yeezys. Yeah. And you can yeah. go to Foot Locker and buy a pair of Adidas that that, that is similar. Yeah. And, I, I call those. I don't call them. I call them not. It, it depends how closely if, if they it, resemble it. If if it's like exactly the no, same, I like I can't do it. Because then I would have to deal with somebody coming up like, "Dude, you got Red October's dog? Like you spent two thousand dollars on those? Like, no, nah, I just spent thirty bucks." If I was that. if I was going to do it, I would never put off their. I would literally take a sharpie and write fake on the side. <laughs> Just, yeah. just so that'd be pretty sick actually just I mean and like I said I, I just I enjoy the way they look but I just I, I'm fine with my socketies yeah air, air tech challenge because I mean I'm not this big fashion guy I just I'm just, I'm, I'm simple when it comes to the way well, I well you well I'll say my perspective on fashion has changed with influence from you on design because I think about like that um 
Is it Tinker Hatfield? Tinker, yeah. Uh, that documentary you showed me uh, on him where, like, he, he really... I mean, honestly, he was treating those shoes... As uh, art. As art. Yeah, it was like, it was a painting to him. It was a piece of music to him. And I, th- I think that's awesome. Like, I, that's what I want to support. Yeah. And for a long time, I just seen fashion as something that it was materialistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something to show off. But, like, when I think about it, like, somebody sitting down and crafting that and, like, it's coming from the heart, like, that, that's really awesome to me. And then secondly, like I said, outsider, it's, um, like, being having a clothing brand, it really puts you in the mindset of that creator, like, being Tinker Hatfield mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I want it to be this way to represent this. And it, it's just, you know, fashion... Is unique. It's yeah. it shows who you are, and it's subjective too. It's like Tinker Hatfield. If he designs a shoe, ninety percent of the people, ninety nine percent of the people that that see that shoe or wear that shoe will never know what his inspirations are. Yeah, and will never see what like where all that stuff is drawn from. They know. I mean, the Jordan Thirteen, the inspiration was a panther, a black panther. I read somewhere. I don't know how true this is, but they said so the Jordan Eleven is one of the most popular Air Jordan models. This is modeled after a lawnmower. Like I said, I don't know how, how, how true that one is. <laughs> yeah. I've only heard that from one little blog, and I don't, I don't know about it. But I mean, that's the thing is it's – I mean, that, that alone is it's, – it's interesting because it's it, – you know, it's – what the – a lawnmower? A lawnmower, you yeah. I mean? Yeah. It, but it's like you would never know that. It, everybody looks at that shoe may look at it differently. Well, I, I like the uh, – I like it, like, instead of just the lawnmower or whatever, like, that's still pretty cool, but I I think one of my favorite examples of shoes or fashion as art is, uh, you know, the Jordans, because didn't you say, I can't remember which Jordans it was, but it was like, you know, there was something that was supposed to represent, like, his championships, and then, like, you know, it was, like, really, they sold him on the idea of what the shoe represented. Okay, I, I think... I think you're mixing a couple of stories, but wait. I th- yeah, I think I may be mixing a couple because of stories. Because Jordan, Michael Jordan was going to to leave Nike, and after the Jordan Two, because it just he didn't like it, he didn't like the way it played, and it was one of the most like as far as materials go, the nicer Jordans, mm. or in, you know, it's an original form. It's like it's made in Italy, like real leather, you know. Nice, nice shoe. But yeah, he he just didn't like it. But the, the, so he come in late to the meeting, and Phil Knight was the, was the, you know the founder, his CEO at the time, and he said you know Michael we've got a presentation for you or something like that, and he and he just turned it over. And this is when they brought this is the first shoe Tinker designed for Michael Jordan. It was the Jordan Three, and he said Tinker take it away, you know. And here he was talking to Michael Jordan, you know. Yeah. And. He brought that sketch up, and it kind of got Jordan interested because he had elephant print. It's kind of weird, but he, no, he. I don't think anybody knew this, but he had this whole line of like clothes attached to that, that that matched the shoes, and that's basically what saved Nike because had had Michael Jordan left, Nike would have been screwed. Yeah, and and because Nike, of that, but the one you're talking about about the championships was. Um, there's a there's a bunch that just takes influence from his life. Like yeah. seventeen takes influence from his his love for jazz music. Mm. That's that's got music notes all over it. The the ten 
that one had like all of its accomplishments across the bottom. The the nine it it sort of showed Air Jordan Global, global had a little globe and it showed all these things in like different languages and stuff. But the fifteen was one of the, my favorites. It's like the first Jordan that I remember having. It was uh, had like his birthday and stuff like that, and it, like number and championships and stuff like that. I mean it's but it's cool to, to see all those influences, you know. And it's a shoe. Yeah. It's I mean, it's just weird, but I mean I I think that's that's what art is. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day, it's digging down deep and having something be more than just it seems on the surface level. Yeah. Um, I mean I, I we we've been going about an hour and ten minutes, so I say we could wrap this bitch up unless before, you guys want to before continue. we get off i want to i just i want to do something and what that something is is tyler i want you to speak a word <laughs> he said nothing <laughs> just know guys you you don't see it visually but tyler's literally just been sitting on a recliner this whole time just uh kind of staring off into the void tyler has a tendency to when people start talking to just listen to them <laughs> Like you all listen to this, Tyler's just doing that in real time. He's he's the an, <laughs> he's the anti podcaster. He he doesn't speak. He only listens. He comes to the to the recording, but he listens. I'm gonna yeah. actually. I'm gonna next time we do this. I'm gonna set up a Tyler cam, and it's just it's just gonna he's <laughs> gonna loves. it's it's art. It's gonna he's gonna represent the listener. <laughs> I, because you know what I think the listener is extremely important. That's why you should like, subscribe, listen on various uh, different ways to listen to podcasts. Um, Tyler, you want to say the the ending words? Before as you I, end, I want to go, go tell everybody on the podcast, the Brain Cake Podcast, the listeners out in the realm of podcast land. Go to PeytonCooper.com and go to instagram and follow me at p coop 23 and when you go to my website i want you to buy everything on there there's not much but i'm working on it it's rad there's there's a lot on there it's got a lot of heart put into it i can uh i can say that with clarity because i've sat there uh, and watched him design these things it's uh very meticulous uh, has a lot of heart in what he does and uh, yeah definitely go check it out PeytonCooper.com is that it? That's it yeah P-E-Y-T-O-N-C-O-O-P-E-R we'll have a link to it somewhere um, and also check out Outsider yes. he's lead designer and Outsider you can see some of uh, our influence as well on his design work because we often collaborate uh, but I don't want to take the credit from him. No, Great designer. It's, it's, it's all it's a team effort, folks. Uh, yeah. PeytonCooper.com. Check out his design work. Check out Outsider Clothing Company. Outsider Brand on Instagram. OutsiderBrand.com on the internet. And uh, Tyler, final words? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. All right. I was kind of hoping it'd be pussy. I was just kind of hoping you just, just say something like, uh, just say something like, like, just like, boom, like, welcome aboard. <laughs> and now it's time to die. Hell it's something yeah. weird. I don't know. Um, don't think so hard. Just say it.
Just whatever's on your mind, say it like this. <laughs> Tyler Stidham, the man, the myth, the legend. Blonde hair, receding hairline. <laughs> Thick eyebrows. Santa sweater. Chin beard, Santa sweater. Ripped jeans. Can you pass the 57 sauce? I like it. I like it too. We'll pass the 57 cost. Oh, pass <laughs> the 57 sauce, put it on the brain you cake. fast. Well, we're going to pass the sauce, put it on the brain cake, and wrap this bitch up. The 57 sauce. And uh, feed it to you deliciously. All right. Peace out.